What's good, y'all? Welcome back to another podcast, More Life episode. I am your host, Kyle Loftus. And if you're new to the channel, welcome to the best podcast on the planet, where every day we seek to inspire others to do what inspires them so together we can make the world a happier place to be. I am very excited for this week's episode. This week, we sat down and talked with Adam August and Nick Hicks, owners and founders of Batch Cookie Co., an incredible artisan cookie company based in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Now, this isn't just any ordinary cookie shop. This is an incredible, delicious gourmet shop that specializes in artisan-style cookies, specially designed by Chef Max Santiago. If you don't know who that man is, he is an award-winning pastry chef native to South Florida with over 25 years of dessert experience. Adam August brings so much diversity and value to the table, having worked in so many various industries as well as markets, having previously lived in the Bay Area and now moving back to Florida. We've also got, again, Nick Hicks, who is an entrepreneur at heart. Before jumping into this Batch Cookie Co. partnership, Nick had previously been owning and operating performance form a performance and athletic training gym based in South Florida area as well with numerous locations. So we've got a hell of a team here and we've got some killer value. So sit back, relax, buckle in. You are not going to want to miss this incredibly value packed episode. So without further ado, let's dive on in. Well, I guess before we really like dive on in, Nick, Adam, can you guys uh, go ahead and introduce yourselves in Batch Cookie Co? Who, who, who are you and who is Batch Cookie Co? What's going on? My name is Nick Hicks, uh, co-owner of Batch with Adam, South Florida native. And what exactly... Go ahead. I was going to say, what, what exactly is Batch? What do you guys do? Yeah, um, so we, we bake our... T- well... I like to think that we, we create happiness in people's lives, um, and we do that through delicious uh, small batch cookies. Um, so everything we do here is from scratch. Um, we have a business partner, Matt, Chef Max Santiago, who um, is an incredibly gifted pastry chef, and he's created these amazing recipes for us, and um, we bake cookies, man. It's pretty simple. Right on, and uh, you know, Nick, I haven't gotten to talk to you as much as uh, Adam, you know, me and him got to talk briefly, but would love if you guys could both just, you know, intro yourselves to our audience here as well. You know, who are you as individuals? Like what drives you? What are you passionate about? And and how did you guys come together to create, you know, Batch Cookie Co.? <clears throat> yeah, so, so you know, again, I, I've, uh, Adam and I have been friends for, I'd say going on six years now. And um, when we first met, he actually uh, he actually became a member at my gym. I actually own a gym, so that's how I first met Adam. So I've been an entrepreneur for right for you know the majority of of my professional life. You know, I had one job coming out of high school, out of college. I apologize as a strength coach at a college uh, in Miami, and um, I loved it. I was there for about two and a half years, but I wanted a little bit more, so I ended up opening up my own gym. And uh, about a year into having that gym, maybe six months into having that gym, Adam came and signed up, and that's how we met. Shortly after that, um, Adam had an opening in his house, um, and, and, and uh, I asked if I could be his roommate because it, it, it was a point in time in which I needed somewhere to live. 
And you know, him, him and I being pretty good friends at that time, he said, absolutely. So we became roommates. Um, and during that right time, on. during that time as roommates, um, you know, I would, I would buy some cookies, he would buy some cookies and we'd bake them and we, it would become almost like a, an every night ritual where we bake cookies, little bacon breaks, you know, whether they're Pillsbury or uh, <laughs> like little Reese's ones with the Reese's pieces in it, whatever it was, man, we were baking cookies every single night. And, uh, it was just one time Adam said, dude, we should open up a cookie shop. And at the time, it was, you know, it was a joke. It was funny. It was just, a, you know, a pipe dream, if you may. And um, lo and behold, four years later, uh, he calls me from San Francisco and says, hey, man, I'm moving back to South Florida, and I'm opening up a cookie shop. And I was like, dude, that's awesome. Congratulations. He's like, well, no, man, you're going to do it with me. And I, was like, <laughs> and I was like, done. Let's do it. So uh, it was, and then it was a very, very short process after that. I'll let Adam get into that. Um, and that this, this cookie shop was was born. Right on. Adam, take it over. Uh, yeah, I mean the the backstory that 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 Nick uh, articulated there is is spot on. Um, I knew I knew when I decided I was going to do this. I knew that it was important to have support um, very early on with something like this and. There are very few people like Nick. He's just one of those people that everybody knows, everyone likes, everyone has a story about, and he's he like he. I needed someone and wanted someone who would be that that face and that personality because that's just not who I am. So I, I just felt sure. and just knowing what I know in terms of Nick's hard work and hustle and what he's built with his gym business, I felt that he would be the perfect partner for this. So he was the first person. And right away said he was in, um, and it was literally the next day I was calling up a few different spaces um, in in downtown Fort Lauderdale. We had an idea of, of a few different areas we wanted, and he was going to going and meeting with uh, landlords. Um, that was literally the very first move we made, um, and the, you know that developed. The idea developed more, um, and it was you know it was basically I think three months from of that me flying back and forth and I moved out here um, before we found the space that we're in now and um, within 10 months of me texting Nick we were open for business which is pretty remarkable yeah no it's amazing man um and so what made you guys think that you could do something different that that you had something special what was it something within um your idea behind the cookies was it just your your working relationship like what did you feel set you guys apart and gave you the confidence to really invest and bring this you know bring this business to life yeah so it's it it wasn't really anything that nick and i do that that is making any of this special i i looked at i looked at insomnia insomnia cookies which uh started in 02 um a university of pennsylvania student uh, he scaled it to like 100 and 125 locations before getting acquired by Krispy Kreme for half a billion dollars. Um, for, so for me, that was a light bulb in terms of this is a business that scales. Um, it's a business that you can get acquired from somebody bigger, which are both were both of my goals going into this. I, I, I approached this very much from a business first standpoint. It wasn't like Nick or I had a passion for baking or cookies other than that we like to eat them. It was very much, you know, both of us have a passion for business. Um, and the business model behind- So does that- Go ahead. 
quick question. Sorry. So, um, does that mean like you live, like you, you you love and you live for your brand? Yes. But you also are detached from it in the sense that you're willing to, to give it up for the rice price point. Like you're not, um, I don't know, like some people get so emotionally attached to their businesses that sometimes that can cause issues or for it to fail. Or when there is a good time for them to, to sell, they just choose not to like, what, what exactly, I guess, do you mean by, um, you know, kind of what you were saying earlier that uh, you kind of went into it with the mindset of, of I guess, kind of getting acquired. Uh, yeah. So we, we have an end game with this, right? We're, we're, we are, we're building a business and a brand to eventually sell. You know, uh, neither of us are right. going to be in the cookie game for the for our entire lives. Yeah, you know, we don't see ourselves being, you know, 80-year-old men still coming in here and, and working <laughs> a cookie shop. It's not a passion, you know, but we did see that this was an opportunity for us to build a very, very cool business that, that actually was, was absent in the area that yeah. we live in. And then also another thing that we, we literally believe that our product makes people happy. You know, if you had a, a bad day, you come to the cookie shop and it brightens everything up. You know, if you if you want to celebrate a, 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 an event or a special day, people buy our cookies. So if we can create a business that not only makes other people happy, but also can make us some money and, and you know, kind of, you know, um, help help us pursue our dreams of entrepreneurship, then it was a no-brainer for us. Yeah, and, and Kyle, yeah. Kyle, I want to just elaborate on that because that's a, I mean, Nick nailed it. You spend one day here at Batch and you see the expressions on people's faces when they come in here, the smiles that people have. Um, there's a lot of ways in this world to make money. The The fact that we get to do it in a way that is creating joy and happiness in people's lives is is awesome. I know it can be very cliche because this is a business and we are trying to make money. But again, the fact that we are creating some emotional uh, feeling that people that people get when they come in here is is special. And that was something that I don't think Nick and I really realized until we opened the doors and we had people come in here. Yeah. Yeah. People come in with a, a giddy smile with their hands rubbing together, just, just looking at the menu or looking at the, you know, the display of cookies at front. And it's just like nothing else matters. It's pretty crazy. I remember our, our soft opening when we had a line that was down the block and around the corner. I mean, there were people that were waiting for almost two hours to get one cookie, you know, which is to Jeez. me, that's insane. That personally, I would never do that. I don't care. I don't care if they're giving out, you know, gold bricks. And it started raining outside too. So, I mean, it was yeah. just, it was very, very cool to see. And that's kind of when it, it really hit me that this is something that, this is a very special thing that we've built here, um, you know, with myself, Adam and Max. And so, you know, seeing all that now, doesn't that make it like harder to, to stick with your end goal? Like, do you guys... Is there, are you thinking like maybe you'd want to maintain partial part, like part partial ownership or like, are you guys still willing to give it all up? Like hearing all that makes me want to like <laughs> own part of that business. Like that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, no, it, look, it's a good question. And no one, you know, neither of us can tell the future, obviously. So yeah. um, I do, speaking for myself specifically, my, my passion, when people talk about what's your passion or what do you get excited about, my passion is business, right? And this has been an edu from day one calling up landlords to find spaces up until yesterday when I was actually mixing cookies for the first time, which I know is probably hard to believe because we're six months into this, but yesterday <laughs> was the first time that I actually mixed those. Um, the, this whole process has been a learning experience for me. And for me, that, that's what I get excited about. Right, the the, con yeah. the continual growing and building 
and learning and messing up and then fixing it. Um, to me, that that's what this is all about. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm confident that I could say one day when we get to where whatever that goal is, whether it's 10 locations, 20 locations, I, I mean, I, I don't know at this point, but when, when we get to that point, I, I feel pretty confident that, that Nick and I can look at each other and say, you know, we did something awesome here. Um, let's cash this in and, you know, start the new, start our new thing. Yeah. And do you guys know if, if that new thing would still live in, in the world of food or are you guys open to really exploring anything? Um, I, honestly, it could be anything. Um, you know, I don't think that Adam ever thought that he would invent, have his first business be in the food industry. And I never yeah. thought that my second business would be in the food industry. So again, that's just, that's a question that, that, you know, we couldn't have answered a year ago. Um, but today, obviously it's, it's come to fruition. So we really don't know what the next step would be. Um, to just yeah. piggyback off what Adam was saying though, is yeah, even if, even if, you know, we, we sell the company, let's just say one day we do sell the company. It doesn't mean that batch is no longer there. You know, it's, it's now carried on by way of someone else who can maybe even possibly do it a little bit better than us. So at the end of the day, I think that, yeah. you know, if you, if you, you walk away from a company, you're not dismantling the company. You're just kind of passing it on to somebody else who you believe can do, you know, a great job and, and keep carrying the tradition on. So, you know, I, even if it's, you know, let's just say 10 years down the road, we do sell it and, you know, we'll, I, I walk down the street and I see a new batch being opened up on the, on the corner that I had no idea about. I think that's something really cool. Yeah. You know, something that's that's very, very uh, totally. different. Yeah, no, I'm. Uh, I gotta commend you guys. It's it's super cool that you're doing this. Um, very envious. You know, I've always had like me and uh, my roommate now, me, him, and uh, a good buddy of mine that live here in Florida. We always talk about like opening up a food truck. You know, like we, we're we're all super passionate about food and like specifically like tacos. I love tacos and making tacos. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So I just think that's super cool. Um, so so also Kyle, love, let me ask you, uh, what what's been holding you guys back from doing that? Oh man, I'm so invested in building and growing my personal brand and business. And I've got another business. Um, I run um, selling digital assets and products to people. And then I've also got this podcast. So I'm trying not to like spread myself too thin, but I'm also trying to, you know, like my right now, if I'm being completely honest, what I'm like really focused at is my personal brand and business is, is quite successful right now. So I'm really trying to build and grow that as fast and as big as possible so I can leverage leverage that into other in industries and avenues. Um, that's kind of like my plan and take at it right now because I've found like even just trying to do the podcast, my secondary business, plus my personal video production company, it's like I already feel like I'm somewhat spreading myself through too thin. And so like this year, I'm already I'm one of my big focuses. I'm trying to offboard a lot of tasks um, like admin work, emailing, a lot of stuff like that. So I can really just focus more on on the things that are actually going to bring in more money for my business. Agreed. I can relate. But but with that being said, I totally want to own like a, a food spot at some point, clothing brand. Like I'm just very passionate about entrepreneurship and branding. So I'm, I'm right there with you guys. Like I definitely have plans to, to continue to grow and and diversify and, and kind of find myself in other avenues and realms for sure. It's awesome. Um, and so I also want to commend you guys because uh, it seems like you have like a lot of self-awareness, which I think a lot of people can lack in, in this world of 2020. Um, 
And so I just wanted to touch on that a little bit. Like, where does where do you think your your self-awareness comes from? And with that, you know, like your willingness to to give up control. Like, I think it's interesting that you guys right away just knew and decided to to go out and hire a chef. You know, I think a lot of people would have went about it um, maybe trying to be cheaper and save more money and just do it themselves or maybe just hire a local friend to do it that might cook a bit better. Like, I, I, I would just love to know, like, where where you think your self-awareness comes from, where this decision to, to go out and find a chef came from and maybe a bit about, like, your process of acquiring him. Um, yeah, I mean, my self-awareness probably, and it's it's a constant thing, always working on it. It's not like a something that you just achieve one day and, like, you're there. Um, it's a constant, again, just a, a thirst, I guess, for knowledge about anything, including yourself. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm very lucky and thankful that, that Nick is, is such a good partner and a friend because he's somebody who I, I trust to the utmost level of trust. And um, when he says something to me about maybe I'm acting in a certain way or thinking about things in a different way, um, I, I open my mind up to, to hearing him and, and like seeing things from a different perspective, which has helped so many already so much, uh, you know, just six months into opening and a year into the business. Um, but I think for me, I mean, it comes from a lot of therapy to a lot of therapy growing up. Um, and then also, yeah, just, I mean, I, knowing what you're good at and what you're not good at is so important for an entrepreneur because you're not going to be good at everything. True. And if you're able to identify the things that you're not good at and you don't like to do, then going out and, and finding those people who are good at those things, yep. it's going to make the team so much better. Yep. So I, I knew 100%. like marketing, social media, that's not a skill of mine. I don't, I'm not good at it. I don't like it. And Nick is amazing at it. So along with, you know, just the, the support that he brings from just a huge community. Now I also, my business partner is also an incredibly talented social media guru. Right. And that's so important in, in our industry, a lot of industries, but ours specifically food is so many people eat with their eyes these days. Um, so to have someone on the team like that, um, it's just one thing that I don't have to worry about. Um, and then the thing and then with Max, the funny thing is, Kyle, we never we were never too concerned about the cookies. We just felt that that part would always take care of itself. And again, we see some yeah. of these other businesses out there, cookie businesses that have a mediocre product, but they have five stores. So to me, that that told me that the, the competition in terms of like having the best cookie, that's not really, like you didn't need to have that um, to be successful yeah. in what we're doing. Uh, we were very fortunate to land someone like Chef Max Santiago. Um, and sometimes things just work out and you get lucky and timing and, um, and that was just, I mean, I, I linked, I sent 10 to 15 cold LinkedIn messages to, to sh different chefs in, in Miami that fit a certain profile that, I, that we were looking for. And he was the only one that responded. Um, and the timing wow. was, was worked for him that he was open and, and could invest some time into this. And we, you know, we reached an agreement in terms of him being a partner with us. Um, and that's kind of whole, how the whole thing maxed. But I think Nick, you know, Nick definitely could share about self-awareness and yeah, so, and you know, it's a big thing for me is, is understanding your team and, and putting people yep. in place to really capitalize on their strengths. Um, like, for example, myself, Adam, and Max, there's three of us that, that are the backbones of this company, you know. Um, so just making sure everyone's doing their one-third to the best of their ability and then not worrying about that other person's third of the company. So now I'm not saying that as in like, you know, 
you know, uh, uh, ownership of the company, but their job. You know, we we took yeah. we took this we took this 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 entire company and we said, all right, now look, Max, this is what you're gonna do. Adam, this is what you're gonna do. Nick, this is what you're gonna do. We're gonna trust each other to get our jobs done. We're not gonna you know breathe down each other's backs. Um, if there is something that we think we could do better, we're gonna lay it out on the table. We're gonna hold each other accountable, but we're also gonna be you know we also gonna have each other's backs. So that's more so of how I approach things. You know, like I, again, I played sports my entire life. Being a part of a team, a successful team, has everything to do with with trust and accountability. So if you can't trust your your business partner, or if you can't you know expect your your business partner to be accountable, or even hold them accountable, you're gonna have a lot of issues. So um, yeah, you know, totally. You know, I think my, my relationship with Adam is very different than my, my relationship with Max. Uh, just like Max is, and Adam's relationship is different um, with myself. It's just we all have different dynamics. I'm not in the shop nearly as much as they are. Um, they're a little bit with each other more often. So sometimes when people are in the same room, you know, um, you know, things can you can have a different dynamic. You know, you know each other a little bit more as opposed to meeting with somebody once a week. So, so I yeah. find myself kind of being the mediator sometimes of of trying to figure out where we should go with certain things, um, which is a very different dynamic that I have experienced um, away from my gym. You know, the gym I'm there 24/7. Um, it's, it's just a very different role that I play. Um, but kind of yeah. being in a different role here and seeing things from a different perspective, I can give different input and different advice to Adam and Max that they really can't see because they're 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 stuck in the the day to day grind of prepping, selling, and closing down. You know what I mean? So I think that, yeah. that, that my role in this in the cookie shop has been very different, and um, I think it's been, it's been very, very cool. Uh, it's been a, an amazing experience for me because it's something that I've never really experienced. Yeah, and so I'd love to know more. Like I'd love to dive deeper into how you guys manage that partnership and what advice you would have for our listeners um, that might be planning on starting a business together, especially when it's with a friend, like just – you know, there's there's a lot of danger and risk with that. You know, obviously, just there. We, I don't know about you guys, but I know people that started businesses with friends, um, and things didn't end well. Be you know between them. So, what advice would you guys give them on on how to deal with you know arguments or maybe people have a difference of of opinions or you know things to do or to talk about or implement paperwork wise, etc. You know, before going into the business, like what advice would you give to our listeners? Yeah, um, I mean that's that's the I would say million dollar, but it's probably the billion dollar question, right? Because a lot of businesses fail because of par- partnership issues. Um, yeah. So it's you know if I had that answer, then you know I'd probably would be well. In a I, I'll place. say I'll say that that I think if you lay down ground rules and guidelines of what you expect of one another, and and uh, if you just completely put it out there right away. There should be no issue, especially if you respect yeah. your business partner or, or you want to call it your friend like you say you do. Now, you also need to make sure that you totally. keep business emotions away from personal emotions. I'll tell you right now, yes. Adam and I have been <laughs> we have been, <laughs> we, we have been in many a conversation that have gotten super heated to where we're yelling at each other by way of the business. But 10 minutes later, it's like, all right, what are you doing for dinner, bro? You know, want me to throw some steaks <laughs> on the grill? Yeah, yeah. Because you know? we live together too. God. Yeah, we live with each other too. So it's it's you know, I see a lot of Adam, and uh, Adam sees a lot of me. And you know, if I'm let's just say if, if I, I I mean I told him that I would make two Instagram posts a day, and I'm I'm forgetting to do one on the day. I don't have one. He's gonna say, hey, dude, let's get a post up. You know, it's on me. 
it's on me. I can't, I can't lash out at her. You know what I mean? So there's, you got to understand that you have a role and if you don't play up to your role, you know, swallow your ego and shut your mouth and just get it done. You know, or if yeah. Adam does something that I don't agree with, I'm going to tell him about it. And, you know, if it becomes a conversation where we don't agree and we argue about it, we, we end up arguing about it and we come to a common ground and we keep it moving. You know, it's, we, I don't hold grudges. You know, I, Adam and yeah. I, I we, we've developed a relationship now for almost six years. And I think that we've had more ups and downs than any other person, whether it's even, you know, uh, business wise. Adam used to work for me. I'm not sure if you guys knew that, but Adam worked for me at my gym and I actually had to fire Adam. So, you know, no, no way. With, with that being said, with that being said, I, used to, I had to fire at him and we're still friends, roommates and business partners. That goes a long way. Um, and to, to explain or even just portray that you've got to kind of keep certain things, you know, away from other things. If you want to have a successful business, you know, you can't let things yeah. blend or dwell and kind of rot, you know, what you're trying to accomplish. And, and, and Kyle, no. Kyle, to add on to that, um, I think. I think one, one, it goes back to your question about self-awareness. I think that's so important um, in partnerships yeah. and being able to critically look at yourself sometimes. Um, uh, two is also understand, like I know where, someone said this to me and it's resonated with me, like I know where Nick's, Nick's heart lies. Like we might get into it, but at the end of the day, I know Nick has my back. I know Nick loves me. I know Nick loves his business and he'll do anything he can to support that. Regardless of an, yeah. of an individual situation where we might not see eye to eye, at the end of the day, I, I know where Nick heart, Nick's heart lies, um, and that's helped me um, kind of separate separate the two from like a, you know an argument to to um, kind of looking past that. And then the third thing, for, uh, you know, advice that I would give is I think fifty fifty partnerships are set up to fail personally more times than not. I think. Anytime where you have in, like where you have equal equal uh, equal percentages or equal voting rights, I think that's very challenging. I I, I think one yeah. person ultimately has to be be the decision maker. That's not to say I don't make every decision. A lot of the things when it comes to branding and marketing, like Nick Nick, and then we have this uh, this uh, amazing woman Emily. Who helps uh, helps us with branding? They make ninety percent of the decisions because I trust them, and that's what they're good at. But yeah. um, at the end of the day, if it ever came down to an important decision, I have that ability to, to make that. Um, and I think that that's important because you know you, you're going to have different visions of where the business is going to go, but there needs to be that one person who can say, "This is where we're going." Yeah, no, I think I think it speaks volumes on on the value of your guys' relationship. Now, hearing the fact that. You were fired and you still went back and called Nick like he was one of the first people you contacted about, you know, setting up this business. Um, and I think really at the end of the day, what you guys were were getting, um, correct me if I'm wrong, is is the value of, of communication. You know, really just being transparent, putting everything on the table, um, speaking from you know your standpoint of what you want to accomplish, what that looks like. And, you know, just again, yeah, really, really just kind of, I guess, talking it all out and through. Yeah. I mean, Kyle, I fired him and he was still my roommate. I still had to see him that day. I mean, like, you know, we're still cool. I mean, I think Adam and I both understood that this was the best thing for, for my gym at that time. And, and that was it. You know, that was it. We kept it moving, man. It's, you can't let business and personal relationships blend if you want to be successful with each of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
I've also been totally, fired man. from every job I've ever had, Kyle. So I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty good at getting fired. <laughs> hey, hey, that's a, that's a talent in and of itself, Adam. <laughs> um, so I want to get more into your guys' story a bit, bit again. Um, so I was checking out your guys' website. One, I love how like transparent you guys about uh, are about everything and like how what you literally transcribe as your story is your little <laughs> literal story, but. Um, would love to learn more. Um, you know, I see that the idea, you know, it came to you guys in 2016, but you didn't actually run it into 2018. Was that was that two year process? Was that like planning stage or maybe could you lend no, a bit more so information even, as to, to why you all. didn't go with it? It's funny because um, what at Bassett would happen was we had that conversation and it was just a conversation. It was just, you know, just and then and then Adam ended up moving to San Francisco and he had a job with a tech company. Um, ended up getting fired two years later and was like, What the hell do I do? You know, what am I gonna do? Um, Adam always knew he didn't really want to be an employee, he wanted to be a business owner. And I think this was his chance, his his moment of clarity, like, okay, look, I've got some money saved up. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna be this young ever again. Um, I, I've got an opportunity to move back down to South Florida. Um, you know, how, how can I get this done? And um, I think I think Adam actually talked to his mom first and and basically gave her the 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 idea. And obviously moms, you know, moms are gun ho about everything. And she was like, oh, yep. sound, sounds great. Sounds great. So then he called me up. And then when I said, hell, yeah, let's do it. That was really the, uh, you know, the, the cat's meow, if you may, for, for Adam to, you know, really get this thing going. Um, yeah. So that that's why it was a two-year lag. That's why there was a two-year gap. Uh, Adam was working. He was doing this and he was doing that. And um, you know, I was still down here in South Florida. So it wasn't like we, we planned it for two and a half years. We literally got this thing going right after he called me. And, and like you said, like it was 10 months we had this thing built. I've never seen anybody build a company that fast ever. I don't even know how Adam did it. Because again, I've done this before. I've, done, <laughs> I've opened up two different gyms, and gyms are way different than, than a cookie shop. Um, you know, the construction is is twenty percent of what it what it needs to be compared to to, to a, a food or a restaurant place. And uh, the fact that Adam, because again, while while I was working the, the gym, Adam was here really being the the prime mover of of how to get this thing built, and he did an amazing job. Uh, <clears throat> it was crazy. I'd come into the shop you know, on the weekends to work on it and there'd be a new thing built. There'd be a wall, there'd be a, a shelf, there'd be a front desk now, there'd be a, a, a serve counter, whatever it was. It was just, I mean, he just got this thing going pretty fast. Um, you know, if we had two years to build it, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think Adam could have done a better job. You know, he did it in 10 months. Sorry, Kyle, I was, I was trying. Okay. But yeah, man, that's, I think that's really it. You know, that's, that's the reason why it took two years um, you know, from 2016, the, the idea of talking about it to 2018 to, to it going down. I mean, it wasn't like two years of planning. It, it was just we weren't doing anything but focusing on our, our lives at that time. Well, and, and Kyle, uh, to, to, gotcha. to expand on that, for me, um, for me, I, I, the two years was about building confidence. Like I knew, I knew yeah. I've always wanted to have my own business. I didn't know what it was going to be in. But basically from the beginning of my career with the first job was – selling tickets with the dolphins to my last job, which was selling software for a, for a you know, very early stage startup. For me, that whole process was about building confidence in myself that I can be in situations where there was no blueprint on how to do things. Every, every job I've ever been in, I was kind of the first to try and figure out whatever it is we had to figure out. Um, 
And for me, that, that those 10 years were all about knowing that or, or seeing that I can put myself in these situations and I can figure it out. And that's, again, what this, how this business was created. I didn't know anything about food. I didn't know anything about construction. Didn't know anything about starting a business. And I told, and the, from the second Nick and I decided that we were going to do this, it was about figuring it out. But because I had all these different experiences of me doing that, I, I had the confidence in myself that we would we could overcome whatever roadblock is in front of us. Yeah, Adam, uh, can you can you speak a bit more about that? Is that like, do you have just a really great tight like tight knit? close supportive circle like there had to have been a lot of naysayers and people telling you that like you couldn't do this how did you deal with that negativity or do you just again do you just like only have people surround like you're only surrounded by people that really you know foster that positivity and encouragement no i mean i i'd, I'd say I, I there's both um i'm one of my biggest doubters early on was my father um he thought it was a joke um which was okay with me some of this some of it, I would be lying if I didn't say some of this wasn't to kind of prove him wrong. Um, but ultimately, I know for me, I'm, I'm harder on myself than anyone. I mean, the fact that I never had a 100%. job. 100%. The fact that I never had a job for over a year um, and had been fired from four out of five jobs, like, you know, there, there's a lot of self, self-doubt. You know, am I lazy? Can I not commit to something? Um, you know, all, all those things that you, you kind of start saying to yourself. Um, I'd say like on some instances, I'm, I was almost my biggest self doubter, but then also I believed in myself more than, you know, maybe others would have or did. Um, but I, but totally. I do, I do have an amazing support system that this, while my dad was, you know, he, uh, doubted it. My parents have always been, you know, number one in line to help me in any way possible, emotionally, financially, um, and that's a huge reason why I am how I am and, you know, how we've been able to start this. And, you know, Nick, I think Nick would echo that, too. His parents are both incredibly supportive of him. Um, his mom was probably more, more excited about him opening up a cookie shop than he was. Um, yeah, so there was – I can't really think of any doubters uh, when I told them that I was doing this. And I, I'm not sure it's because they just know the type of person that I am. Or that they love cookies, um, or they just love me, you know. So I, I really can't think of any doubters. When I told my mom, my mom—I think it's was, a combination of all three. My mom was just through the roof about it. She thought it was awesome. Um, she was already planning her retirement from her job to uh, come down and help us. Um, obviously, kidding, but she was she was very very excited about it. Um, you know, and so were all of our friends. All of our friends that that we talked to were were really excited about it too because. Again, it's it, we filled a gap in South Florida in Fort Lauderdale uh, that needed to be filled. You know, there, there's yeah. nothing like us around here. I personally don't think that there's any cookie shop in the world that that is like us. Um, but if you just you know pigeonhole Fort Lauderdale, this is this was a huge necessity for for so many people um, because there, there there's a couple other shops that are you know about 10, 15, maybe even 30 miles away that. That, that you know people go to even though the product we think personally isn't as great as ours but they would drive that far to get to that those places just to have a cookie yeah. you know so you know I, I never doubted it there was there was zero doubt in my mind um, the only thing that that I really doubted was um, I mean maybe maybe the shop design for one minute but then that was it you know 
Um, other than that, I can't. I'm trying to think about something, uh, any kind of flicker of doubt about this whole process, and I really don't have one. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I I'd love to learn more too about um, the the ingredients you guys say makes up the batches um success uh you know on your on your story page again it lists a list of ingredients like 2000 grams of self-belief for 545 grams of persistence three uh, three thousand six hundred five grams of max santiago 1001 grams of positive attitude one i just love that <laughs> i would love to learn more like why you guys decided to put that on your website on your story page and you know what that what you um want that to speak and say about your business yeah, I think um, when we were writing the about, well, look, I mean, cookies, you're, you're, there's a recipe to that, right? And they're for us and every, you know, even for you, right? You have a recipe to your success. Um, and when Nick and I were sitting down and, and trying to think of creative ways that we can convey our story and why we are where we are, it just kind of made sense that why don't we create it into a recipe or make it into a recipe? Um, and then we just sat down and, kind of started rattling off some of the things that... Well, I'm going to tell you right now, that was all Adam, and I think it's amazing. So don't don't even try to give me that credit, bro. That was all him. I wrote I wrote a little something. Adam put his finishing touches on it, and he, and he ended with that, and I thought it was awesome. So don't even give me any of that credit, bro. That was all you. All right. I'll take it then. Yeah. That was all him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, oh. just a creative way to articulate, you know, what... what what helped us get here because it was it, like there's a lot of things that that go into it a lot of things that people will never see or never know or um so yeah well it's 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 the subtle details of your of your business that really really excite me and i hope i'm not saying the wrong thing here so when i look at your cookies um no offense but there's no like like they don't look like a glamorous perfectly put together cookie like it looks like mom's best fucking cookie if that makes sense like it was was there intention behind the style and design of the cookies or that ju- that's just kind of like how they're made well i mean just from being around max i think that's a max question he's not here but i think what max would say to that is every single one of our cookies is the nostalgic cookie that you used to have when you were younger with more of an 100%. artisanal more of an artisanal over the top chef driven technique based so just something that he wanted to do that now if you if you told max that his cookies weren't pretty he'd probably blow up on you but (laughs) but i I know where you're coming from because every single one of our cookies not one of them looks the same and i'm talking about the styles the flavors we have nine cookies yeah not one of them looks the same you really cannot you know mistake one for the other it's it's almost impossible um and then if you just look at the actual cookie itself every single one of them was shaped by a human being you know, not a machine. So when when you throw them in the oven, they all come out a little bit different too. Some are a little bit fluffier, some a little bit wider, some some have a, a crack on top, so on and so forth. So I think that 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 that's a really cool aspect, um, especially because they all taste the way they're supposed to taste. You know, it may be a little bit different looking, but our pears and oats taste just like every pears and oats we've ever made. You know, our classic chocolate chip tastes just the way it's supposed to taste. Um, but the, 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 if you look at our, our cookie tray, you know, if you come into our shop and you come in and look at our display of cookies, people are blown away because they all look so different, you know, and, and um, I think that's something that really sets us apart. We have – how many different doughs do we use? Yeah, so we do uh, – I think it's 
seven, depending on what we have at the menu at the time, it's about seven to eight different bases. Which is which is crazy because most cookie shops use maybe one or two different bases and just add different toppings. We actually oh, wow. have different bases of cookies. So it's I think that the fact that, that we go the extra mile to really create and, and distinguish our cookies from the other to the core, to the to the core, that really shows yeah. how important our product is and how our ingredients um, you know, really uh, just just sit at the top of 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 everything, you know, like that really trumps everything in our business, man. It's it's our it's our ingredients. Like if you look at our our our, our shelf right now with our ingredients, we have you know seven different types of chocolate chips up there. We have all different types of jams and jellies that we put into our in our pe- peanut butter and jelly. Um, it's just it, it's crazy. It's crazy to see, and, and it's funny because people come into our shop all the time and they look at our 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 shelf. And they say, oh, what do you use the ruby chocolate for? Oh, what do you use the passion fruit chocolate for? And yeah. we always have an answer for them, you know? I mean, how many recipes do we have in our, our recipe book? I think about over 20 right now. Yes, yeah, so we got 20 recipes. And how many How many specials added into that, though? Yeah. So, like you know, 10. so I mean, you know, let's say 20 to 30 different recipes um, that use so many different ingredients. You know, it's it's not like we just interchange one ingredient and call it a different cookie. You know, these, these cookies yeah. are very, very... You know, uh, they're special. Yeah, no, and I, and I want to make sure Max <laughs> Max doesn't hate me here. So what I mean is essentially like like when you look at it, like so for instance, like when you go to a Krispy Kreme donut, right? Every donut looks the exact same. It's like this uniformed image. And when you got when I look at your guys's cookies, like like you said, like it gives me a nostalgic feeling. Like it feels like mom's homemade cookies. Like it just has this delicious home baked look, but it doesn't look like this uniformed perfectly branded cookie like this is what you get with the batch cookie like it, it just yeah it, it has that really nostalgic homemade feel and, and i really i really like that so um yeah i just want to commend you guys on that um so yeah, i like that i like to say cookies are on, perfectly imperfect you know yeah yeah totally <laughs> um want to know also um you know you i know you guys talked about how you you speed ramp this uh you know launched it in 10 months but uh, maybe added you can speak a little bit more on this so once you guys had the conversation said all right we're a go bam let's do it what were what were the first steps like what do you recommend people do adam is it you know did you do a ton of market research did you just start writing and developing a business plan did you just look at properties like what were your first initial steps to really make this happen because you know when when you look at the big picture of it it's extremely overwhelming and i think something i do with big picture tasks you know is breaking it down and looking at the individual pieces and doing those one by one and eventually you know that kind of formulates and creates this big picture so like what individual steps would you recommend for people to do if they're looking to start their own restaurant or food truck or small cookie shop etc yeah well I, I you nailed it Kyle with the breaking down it, it, it breaking down the the big picture in, into small bite-sized tasks um if i were just to look at in november if i were to look at and just be so fixated on an actual cookie shop and how am i going to run it and i got to hire people and what are what cookies are we going to make like if i was so fixated on all that i probably would have never never got this off the ground um but it was just always looking at what is that very first or what is that next thing in line you know, and, and for us, it was the space. I'm not saying that that should be what it is for everybody. Every business is different. Every situation is different. Um, sure. But uh, I, I'm not a big, 
the the business plan thing i'm not a big proponent of and it's so dependent if you need capital if you need outside capital you know from a bank from investors that are outside of your friends and family and you really need to articulate uh you know how they're going to get a return on their investment then you need to do a business plan if you aren't looking for traditional sources of capital i, I think a business plan is i'm not gonna say it's a waste of time but um, I think it's something that needs to just develop over the course of months as you're building and learning more about your business. If I were to sat totally. down and, and built a business plan as the very first thing I did, it, it wouldn't have made sense because I didn't know anything about the business. Yeah. I think the um, biggest thing, yeah. it, the most important thing, it, like if you're, you're going from Adam's perspective like you did, market research is way more important than building a business plan. Looking at other companies totally. that are doing what you do. And then following their successful footprints, you know, like what are they doing that works? What are they doing that doesn't work? What do we like about this place? What don't we like about this place? I think market research is, is way more important than building constructing a business plan. Um, step one, just because you can really figure out, you know, what you even like about the industry. You know, um, if it's totally. you, know, you can unveil, you can unveil certain things about, you know, this this business that you want to do that you may not even like that you might not want to, you know, jump into. And I think Adam did a hell of a job. Um, presenting market research to me immediately right off the bat to make me say like, yeah, you know what? Shoot, we can do this better. Let's do this, you know? So, um, yeah, and the, the market research for me was, it, it was validation, right? So I started coming across yeah. all these other cookie shops that had two, three, five, ten locations. And again, to me, that was a light bulb that this is a business that scales, Again, that was I was trying to find something that I could easily scale, um, and that was that was that was the, the light bulb. And then you start thinking about like the city that you live in. So, Kyle, where do you live? Remind me where you live. Orlando. Orlando. So, how many how many cookie shops can you think of? I mean, I know Gideon's is just, like the big one in Orlando, um, but how many cookie shops can you think of in like a ten mile radius of you? Um. Okay, so that's my point. How, but and now, and now, how many how many ice cream shops can you think of? Maybe two or three. Yeah. Right. So for, about two or three. Yeah, and that's the case with a lot of people. And, and but then and then you think you go ask a hundred people if they prefer cookies or ice cream, and you might get fifty fifty. And I've done you know we've asked way more than hundred people, and it's about fifty fifty. But even if it was sixty forty, more people like ice cream. The fact that there's two to three ice cream shops. In a 10 mile radius of you and no cookie shops, to me, that's market opportunity. So again, I started yeah. adding up all these things in my mind and it was, okay, this is going to work. It's going to scale. I'll figure out all the, all the logistics of it as I'm doing it, but I know the business will work, right? Like I, I, I know the numbers make sense. I know that, um, and I didn't know how much we we're going to charge or any of that, sh any of that stuff. I didn't know the cost of the goods, all that. I just knew that there was enough examples out there that proved that, a cookie shop works. And then from there it was, I just knew I would learn the things along, along the steps. So again, for me it was, okay, we got to find the right location. To me that, that was, that was very important. And we knew, we knew where we wanted to be in Fort Lauderdale. We started going down that process. And then from that, yeah. I started learning. I started learning about a lease. Like what are the, t right? A lease, a commercial lease is very different than a residential lease. So I, you know, we started, you're talking about a five-year term. You're talking about I personally guaranteeing the lease. Um, you talk about rent abatement, all these things I had never had heard of before. You know that for me that that was you have to learn about it. You got to read about it. Um, Google. Yeah. You know. Did you have? 
Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, did you just do a lot of research on that yourselves or did you have a mentor that helped guide you at all and kind of, you know, deciphering these different new terms and, and lingo and jargon you're kind of having to, to work through? No, I'd say just lear- learning it on my own and not being afraid to ask questions, man. Like not being yeah. afraid to be, to look stupid, you know, asking, asking someone re- what rent abatement is, which now I, I realize is like a very elementary term in a lease, but if you've never seen a lease before, don't be afraid to ask. Um, and then also for me, I, I was very fortunate that I got, I, I was able to get connected with with people who have huge hearts and like to help and um, are are like minded. You know, I, I, we we lucked out to the a millionth degree with our architect and GC Jason Schlansky. You hear so many horror stories about about GCs who just take people to town. Um, and us landing somebody who is honest and transparent and, and wanted to help and, and believed in me and believed in what we were doing, um, saved us so much money, time. Uh, he, he helped educate me on so many different things. Um, so I think I was very fortunate to be around people that, that wanted to help. Um, and it was just very lucky that we were able to connect with those people. Yeah, totally. Um, you definitely, definitely need help. No one can can do uh, something like this on their own. Uh, would love to know also, you know, I know you, you talked about, we've, we've talked a lot about self-awareness and, and being very mindful of who you are and what you want. Um, and I know you said that you're extremely passionate about business. Uh, but Nick, I'd love to get your opinion on this as well. But how much, you know, how much it can, can like, can it, can passion for business be just enough? You think like, I know you guys also kind of have somewhat of a passion for cookies. Now it might not be your be all end all kind of thing, but there's a passion there for someone that might be listening to this. That's interested in starting a business. And maybe they're listening to, to this podcast and like, Hey, like we could use something like a batch in, in our town in Colorado. Should they just do it if they're passionate about business? Or do you think having a passion for, for that specific product or service is extremely important as well? Um, yes and no. Um, I think passion obviously goes a long way, but I mean, if, if everybody, I mean, everyone's got a passion, right? Everyone's super passionate about something, but not everybody can be a business owner. Not everybody could, could take that, that leap of faith and, and honestly deliver. Um, it's very difficult. Yeah. It's very, very difficult. It's not just passion. It's, I think it's, it's more confidence. Um, than anything. Like Adam said, it took him two years to really believe that he could actually do this, right? And that's when he picked up the phone and called me. So to me, I think it's more confidence. And when you're confident in, in not, even, not only just your product, but yourself, and you have that, that there's no way that I'm going to fail mentality, then I think that's when you do it. Um, but if you have a sliver of doubt, you'll probably fail. Um, and a lot of yeah. nine out of 10 businesses fail after the first year, just because yep. of that mentality. <laughs> You know, when adversity hits somebody, they, they, a lot of people just kind of pack it in and go home. But, you know, if there's anything that we've done here in this cookie shop that I'm really, really proud of, it's, it's being very creative with the way that we make money. You know, we don't just sell cookies. You know, we also have uh, in-store, in-store cookies. We have delivery. We have a pickup. Um, we actually have a wedding wall that we, we sell to, to people. Um, we're trying to get to as many events as possible. Um, we do pop-ups. Um, there's just there's just many ways that 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 we try to make money and try to get our cookies to other people. Um, you know, catering parties, whatever it is. 
Um, you yeah, know, love if, that. If like, like for example, like if there's been a bad month or a couple, you know, bad strand of days in which you know we're not really selling too many cookies in the shop. Adam gets super creative, uh, and and we figure out a way to to get these cookies out of the shop and into other people's hands. Um, so, if if you've got that mentality to where it's, there's no way that I can fail, like that it's just not an option, then that is when you you open up a company or or a cookie shop, if you may, um, because that I think is the 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 the, the most important factor in this whole thing. Um, because it's going to get hard. It's going to be difficult. There are not. There are not going to be just beautiful sunshine days, you know, ahead in the business realm. It's going to be pretty scary. It's going to be pretty tough. It's going to be difficult. Um, so, you know, being being very strong-minded and strong-willed to understand that there's going to be these tough days, but I'm going to get better. It's going to. We're going to get through this, and we're going to make it happen. That's that's the most important trait for every entrepreneur and business owner. Yeah, I mean, uh, especially especially in a time like now, would love to use that to kind of transition. You know, how has the coronavirus impacted your business, um, and what are you guys kind of doing to to maintain operations, to, to kind of keep profits coming in? How are you adjusting to the current situation? Um, how are you um, reaching out or maybe giving back to your community in any way possible, or kind of supporting them through this trying time? Just love to know overall, like what you guys are doing as a result um, of the coronavirus outbreak. Yeah. Um, so this is something that you cannot plan for, um, and uh, we have a lot of friends that are in the restaurant business, just by nature of us being in the restaurant business, that have just been um, devastated by what's going on with with Corona. Um, our business has been able to adapt very well just because of the nature of it. It's, it's, it's a quick service thing. Um, it's easy to deliver. It's easy to pick up. Um, and we, you know, we, we, thankfully we installed this, this to go window, um, in our shop thinking that it was specifically just for delivery. Cause we knew that was going to be a big component of our business. And that's kind of been a, a savior for us because it's allowed us to, keep our operations pretty much status quo um, and people are just walking up to the window and, and picking up. Um, our, our sales are down probably 15 to 20%. Um, we've been operating pretty lean though from a labor standpoint. Um, we, went through, we went through a big shift um, probably in January in which we were able to reduce our labor by 25 to 30% without- Oh, wow. Back. Yeah, yeah, which was, and this was all before Corona. Um, and that goes to, look, there's a big difference. I want to distinguish between starting a business and operating a business, right? All these things that went, that we were talking about, that, that was all about starting this business and creating it. It's a whole different challenge. Once those doors, once those doors <laughs> open and now you're operating day to day. Um, so, you know, it's taken me some time four or five months to really understand our business and learn, um, and see where our inefficiencies are. But by but by really understanding your numbers, I, I can't emphasize that enough. Um, we were able to reduce our labor, which has really saved us now that you know now that we're in this you know this Corona thing. Nick and I have a different challenge than a lot of our friends in in restaurants in that some of our employees don't feel comfortable working. Um, where yeah. where a lot of other restaurants are having to lay off people, um, you know we we're we're having some of our employees express concerns about about working. So that's been a whole different, um, set of challenges, probably something that I'll look back on and, and realize that I'm not handling as good as I probably could. Um, but, um, 
but yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it goes back to just what I just said five minutes ago about being creative. You know, like, I, again, I have a yeah. gym business and we're shut down. Like, there's, we can't have people inside the gym. It's just, it's, we are not allowed to be open uh, by way of the government. They, they've told us to shut down. Um, so how do we make money? Obviously, online programming or going to people's houses where they feel more comfortable. Um, so we've had a huge shift in the gym business um, just so that we can make some money. Luckily, the cookie yeah. shop, we're allowed to be open because of the square footage that we have and, and we're, we're a takeout place and we're deemed as an essential business, you know. So, um, you know, it's, it's just a, it's a weird time. It's a very weird time um, to where I'm really, really trying to figure out how we can capitalize on this by way of the gym or even if you can. Um, but then also for the cookie shop, it's, it's okay, look, now we got to – we got to make sure that that we can do everything we can to, to, to keep selling cookies because it's crazy. People are coming. People are coming. People are getting yeah. out of their car, j- jumping out of their car, and coming right to the window and grabbing as many cookies as they can. So it's been pretty <laughs> cool. It's been pretty cool. But like Adam said, you know, it's you know, all our employees don't feel comfortable and completely respect that. You know, you've got to respect how they feel. You know, this is this is something that could be very, very devastating, or it is devastating to the country, but as well as the health of certain people. The last thing we want to do is have one of our employees get sick here at the shop you know what i mean so that's so whatever they want to do we're gonna have to respect it at this moment in time and now it's adam's gonna be working a whole lot more i'm gonna have to come in and do some more stuff uh my girlfriend has been helping us out too which is amazing so um it's just been it's been a weird time you know and uh we're just rolling with the punches yeah totally um kind of banking on that somewhat but um more so just broader spectrum here um now that you've kind of been operating the business for quite a bit what are some of the mistakes or what has been the biggest mistake you guys have made that that you would do over again or or wish you could avoid like what what advice would you give to our entrepreneurial listeners right now to to avoid when when starting a business i'll go first i think that one of the most important things that I believe, and I've always believed this ever since I've, I've started the gym, which was eight years ago now, is create a strong hiring process. Create something that that you stand by and you believe that, that you need. The people need to check things off on, uh, you know, basically check check boxes before they get hired. Uh, with the gym, for example, I have a six month apprenticeship uh, for trainers. That if you want to work for the gym, if you want to be a trainer at the gym, you need to go through this process. Every single one of my trainers at my gym, they they were once an intern um, or a former athlete that I used to train. Um, so it's not we have any kind of outsiders because what happens is if you bring an outsider in and um, – sorry, Adam just turned the, the ovens back on. Um, if you bring an outsider in, they may have a different you know umbrella knowledge base of, of training or they may have different – you know, cues and, and techniques of certain things, and it might just kind of dilute or distort your product. Um, now, with the co- cookie shop, it was a very different ballgame for myself and Adam. Um, you know, we needed employees. We needed people that had pastry chef experience because we needed, you know, uh, a, a, a very, very large amount of cookies baked daily. So uh, we kind of just hired people very quickly. Um, and I think that, that as we've gone through that process, we've developed – that hiring process and um, you know it's funny because Adam can tell you this too every single person that we've hired uh, from the jump is no longer even with us um, you know just because of certain instances wow, or their, yeah. their personal issues or or whatever but 
It's just that's just business, you know. Every single person that we hired from the jump is no longer with us. We have a brand new staff right now. So, and through that process and those experiences, we've created a hiring process. So, I would say that that's more more of the thing, you know. Figure out how you want to hire people, um, and how you want to attain your employees. Yeah, and what um, what do you especially being in the industry you're in, you know, like. I think obviously you guys aren't like fast food, but the way I think about it is from my past experience, you know, when I grew up, that was the first thing I'd worked was fast food jobs. And I remember I would, I worked Wendy, I worked Wendy's for like six months. Then I jumped to McDonald's and did McDonald's for like a year. Like I feel like in the food industry, people jump around a lot. What are you guys doing to make sure you find, um, find the right employees and then keep them around for longer. Are there ways you guys are trying to incentivize them or encourage them to be and feel more a part of the business and brand? Because you know, I think that's one of the most difficult parts, especially with with a a, a business and brand you're really passionate about and and own yourself. You know, is you can never get you're never gonna find someone that loves and as pa- is as passionate about your business as you are. So how do you how do you incentivize them? How do you make them feel more a part of it? Um, would just love to know what you guys are doing to, to kind of encourage and bring and build up your employees. Yeah. Um, I mean that, I, you know, that might, uh, we, whatever I'm doing, I'm probably not doing the best job at that because, uh, we don't have any employees that have been here for more than six months. Um, I, I we try and pay our employees well over minimum wage. Um, for, for me personally, uh, I'm very passionate, uh, about, about teaching about business, educating about business. Um, and I'm very open with all of our employees about our numbers, um, constantly showing them how much things cost, you know, from, a, from an ingredient standpoint or packaging, uh, talking to them about profit margins, showing them our actual sales. Um, and for me, the thought behind that is um, through education, right? People. The right people want to learn, and if they feel like they're improving, um, then I feel like they're going to be willing to stay longer term. They also have an idea of totally, yeah, of what we're doing and why we're doing it. Um, you know, I, I my I would love if one day, you know, in ten years from now, I look back and you know, twenty percent of our employees went on to go start uh, start their own businesses. To me, that's a that's a goal of mine. Um, That'd be awesome. Yeah, that uh, exactly. So. Um, I, I think that that's one of the ways um, that, that we're trying to. Um, I, I mean, I'd say the whole hiring thing and finding the right people, and it's something that I, I have a lot to improve on. Um, so, you know, it's definitely not something we've nailed at, at, at this point. Yeah, no problem. I mean, it's, it's, it's a challenge and, and obviously, you know, being again in the industry you are makes it even more of a challenge. Um, so yeah, I was just curious as, as to how you guys are kind of as operating that, you know, again, this is, this is an industry that I'm super curious about. I've never personally dived into in regards from an ownership standpoint. Um, so I think it's all just, uh, really, really interesting. Would you say that's the biggest challenge with owning a, a food based business or being in the food industry? If not, what would you say your biggest challenge is? I think, I think if you ask nine out of 10 business owners, or if you ask 10 business owners, nine out of 10 will tell you people are the most challenging aspect of your business across any industry. Yeah. Cause people are, they're unpredictable. They have, we all have emotions. Um, and, and that, yeah, that's by far, by far the most challenging part of yeah. this business is, has been, has been the people. 
And one one thing, one mentality that I've always had, and, and it's because it was the same mentality that I wanted. Uh, my my own, my boss when I when I was an employee, I wanted that my boss to have that was you know I'm here to make money with you, not off you. You know, um, having them understand that that this is something that I want to share with you, and I want all of us to be happy, all of us to be profitable. I want everyone to feel like they're a part of this. That more so is is the mentality that I like to instill into my employees, whether it's the gym, whether it's the cookie shop. And once you do that and you and, and your employees wholeheartedly feel that they have a huge role in this company and that, that you know your your goal is to make sure that they are are happy and, and that they're you know making as much money and obviously money makes people happy. I mean I, I, I don't I don't think that anyone that you ask if they if they, they, they say they love their job and they get paid bare minimum, they're probably not going to love it as much as they did, they could if they got paid well. Um, yeah. So <laughs> if you looked at our payroll uh, out of, compared to any other business around us that sell that is a food service or, or let's just say pastry shop, bakery, we do a very nice job. We, we pay our employees very, very well. Um, now, as, as opposed the case of incentive-based um, you know, pay. We really don't have that inside of the cookie shop. I don't know how you implement that. We we, we do we do. Um, this is something that Nick Nick didn't because it just happened more yeah. recently. Okay. Um. So I incentivize our uh, our gen. We'll call our general manager, head pastry chef Sonia. I incentivize her to uh, keep our labor costs below a certain percentage, and if she's able to keep it below. You know, twenty five percent, she hits a bonus. If if it's below twenty two and a half percent, it she gets a, another bonus. If it's below twenty percent, she gets a bonus. And then I I apply the yeah, same yeah. the same principle with our food costs. And I'm doing it for two reasons. One is because if we're able to to manage both those costs, those are both variable costs. If we're able to manage those um, below below those target numbers, the business is going to be pr- more profitable than if we're above those numbers. And then the second reason is I'm incentivizing her t- to learn and to take ownership of both of those those categories, if you want to call them that. Um, yeah. and, and, and it's an investment in her in herself because um, she's expressed to me that she wants to have her own business one day. So if I can help her and, and incentivize her to, to understand how to manage both of those costs, it's going to help Batch, but it's also going to help her in, in achieving her future her future goal. Um, and I'm willing to, 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 to give more money to somebody um, through education and then also um, as part of their growth. Totally. Yeah. Um, would love to know, too. Um, so I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like cookies is, is something that could definitely be done in a food truck. So I'm curious, you know why you guys got a physical location did you feel it was be extremely empowering and beneficial to your business and if so why like what what made you choose a a physical location over food trucks or just maybe like i don't know mass producing at home and sending out what what said what told you you had to have a physical location uh the the one of the primary goals in this was we wanted to build a brand and we felt like the best way to build a brand was to have a physical location that people could come to, create memories at, associate us and our cookies with an actual place. Um, so that was that was probably the the leading driver and why we went with uh, doing brick and mortar 
Um, also, in just the research that I did, um, I didn't come across. I know Insomnia experimented with food trucks, and I think did it for a few years before that before shutting them all down. So for me, that was kind of oh. like a you know an eye opener. Um, yeah. And all, yeah, I'd say the the, the room. Um, a big thing too when people come in here. What's what's unique about our concept is it's an open kitchen. So people come come they walk in the door and they look to their right and they see where everything is done. This this the yeah. the smell is overwhelming because we're baking cookies all day. Um, they see where the dough is being mixed. They see um, they they see the cookies being shaped, and that is it's impactful beyond words. You lose that if you're just shipping cookies, in my opinion, uh, and it would be hard totally. to replicate that out of a food truck. Yeah, definitely get that. So, how do you keep your blood sugar down with all those cookies? Uh, perform. Yeah, we work out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah actually, uh, with that, Nick. Um, quick question, specifically for you. You know, so um, you're you're invested and you own and help operate batch cookie co but you also have perform and you also have multiple locations with that if, if i'm correct how do you how, how do you manage um multiple businesses um and then adam how do you kind of um how do you kind of work and how do you make sure and know and trust you know that nick's going to be able to to do his role and get his tasks done or or how do you guys work that relationship to help and assist him maybe when when he's got um, a lot of things going on with the gym or maybe something big that he wasn't expecting happens, something like the coronavirus outbreak. How do you kind of work through that and make adjustments? Well, you know, the, the gym is, is my, my day-to-day uh, routine. You know, I get up super early in the morning and I'm there pretty late at night uh, training all day. Um, but what my job is uh, day-to-day with the cookie company is social media. Um, and, and creating content and making Instagram posts and, um, you know, just, just creating some sort of, uh, home, uh, away from the home. So people know what we got going on at the shop. Um, now throughout the week or the month, I'll have photo shoots set up with Emily, uh, or meetings set up with Emily and we will sit down and kind of game plan what we want to capture for the next, um, batch of photos. And, um, that's really kind of what I do now. If Adam needs help at the shop or we have an event, um, him and I stay on top of it. Uh, we load up the calendar and I'll just plan around that. Um, Adam knows that the, the gym is my number one priority, um, but he also knows that I'm going to do everything that I can to to help out Batch and make sure that Batch is, is scaling in the direction that we want it to go. And I think having that understanding and, and Adam really knowing and seeing how hard I work um, – at the gym and with the cookie shop, I think he respects that and knows that, okay, Nick is doing everything that he can do to the best of his ability. Um, and then me, I just gotta, I've gotta hold myself accountable. Like for example, like if I, if I say I'm gonna do a photo shoot, I gotta do it. If I say that I'm gonna do an event, I gotta do it. I can't just show up today and be like, hey Adam, look man, I got something going on with the gym, I can't make it. It's I gotta make a, you know, a priority. If I decided to, to take it on, I've gotta make sure that I can deliver. Um, and I've done a pretty good job of that thus far, and I think Adam sees that. Um, you know, if Adam, like for example, right now we're a little low on employees, man. He needs me to come in. Um, he'll ask me, you know, hey, can you come in on Saturday? Can you come on Sunday? Can you come in on Tuesday night? Um, and if I can make it happen, I make it happen. So I think it's just more so him understanding that I'm very busy with the gym, 
um, because it's not like it's just a regular gym. We have a lot of moving parts. You know, it's throughout the year things change. Like I have NFL combine prep, then I have NFL off season, then I have you know summertime. We train you know five different high schools, and we have all our, our, our college kids down. So it's not just like your 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 traditional gym to where you have you know people come in and use weights or or just your class style gym. It's it's a very diff, different type of gym. Um, and I I run their social media, and I and I I do a lot of stuff you know for for that company. So. It's more so planning ahead and having Adam tell me, look, this is what I need from you on, on you know, April 10th and, you know, April 21st, um, as well as planning photo shoots with Emily and making sure that our content is up to date and that we have enough stuff, um, so on and so forth. Or, you know, hey, Nick, we need to revamp the, the website. Uh, let's get that done by Saturday, you know, so that I can just do it on my own time and I make sure that I get it done, so on and so forth. Yeah, right on. And, and totally. I think I just want to jump in on that. I'm, I'm sure. a huge, huge, huge fan of of Nick, outside of Batch, um, and and his partners, business partner Zach. I'm I'm so proud of what they've built, um, and what they're building, and it's it's something special. So as just someone who like cares about Nick, it, it's cool to see as a friend, and I know how important that is to him and. I know how much time, how much hard work has gone into that. So I'm very supportive of of perform and, and what he's doing there. So I think that's that's some of it as well. Um, and that I Nick Nick has seen how how much I care about this. And thing thing to understand about Nick is he he very very much values hard work. If he sees that that you're willing to put in put in the work and the time then he'll support you whatever in whatever you need. So Nick has seen that from me here and that's that's why he's been willing to do whatever whenever he can. Um, and I know firsthand uh, you know how much how much his phone goes off all the time yet somehow he finds a way to turn something around really quick for me whenever I ask him to do it. Um, so I just again I, I know Nick always has our back here um, and I also know perform is, you know, that's his baby, right? Just like Batch is kind of my baby, that's his, right? So it's easy to, to understand where he's coming from. We just gave each other that's a awesome. pound. You didn't see that, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I could feel the energy though. I could feel it. Um, so with, with that being said, you know, how do you guys both, um, you know, how do you manage, how do you organize everything? How do you stay organized? How do you structure you know, you're running a business. What what advice do you have for our listeners here on how to better manage and operate a business? Because it's it's no joke. You know, I mean, you're 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 never not working when you're a business owner. Well, again, it goes back to communication and and setting guidelines and parameters that you expect from one another from the jump. You know, um, if you if if Adam and I didn't sit down and really leave no stone unturned about how we want this company to roll. And what we need to do, like we sat down for weeks putting together lists of duties that each of us needs to, to, to accomplish. And we added things to that. We took things away. We said, you know, Adam, I think maybe you could be better at that. Let me take this. I'll take, you know, I'll be better at this one. And we just set these parameters from one another. And now it's second nature because we know what we need to be doing. You know, we're playing to our strengths. We're, we're doing our one third, like I said earlier. Um, you know, if you have that, that set in stone, then it's there, you know. There, there's, there's no, there's no reason for any of us to not do what we're supposed to do 
if we say we care about this company like we actually care about this company. You know what I yeah. mean? Now, now let's just say that you know somebody gives me a call about a catering opportunity. Um, Adam has a little bit more knowledge about that because we've kind of gone back and forth about certain things that we want to do with that, whether it's you know amount of cookies or pricing of cookies. So what I'll do is, is I'll write down some information and I'll pass it on over to Adam and let him know. Say, hey, look, this person wants to do you know 100 cookies to their company um, next week. Reach out to them, so on and so forth. Now, if somebody approaches Adam about you know a collaboration and maybe us uh, you know shooting something um, at the cookie shop, he'll send that to me. Or, or you know, if, we, if they have an event and they want us to be there, he'll send that to me because he knows that, that is what I'm supposed to be doing. So we again, we we I know where Adam's strengths are. I know what Adam's roles are. If somebody gives me something that falls under Adam's category, I give it to him. If, if someone gives Adam something that falls under my category, he gives it to me. You know what I mean? So, you know, if there's a huge appearance with with Channel Seven News and they want us to 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 come in and bake cookies with them live on set. That's Max Santiago. That's not me. That's not Adam. We're not doing that. But if somebody wants to talk to us about the business and, and how it got started, case in point, you, you know, that's something that me and Adam can schedule. So it's just really understanding where people are supposed to be, when they're supposed to be there, and how they're supposed to get it done and trusting that they'll do it. Totally. Um, you know, speaking on the, the catering and stuff, you know, I think one aspect that that a lot of businesses um that successful businesses um really implement um strategy wise is community engagement and involvement um and i think uh, i've got a, a great buddy who does the marketing for jeremiah's ice and, and uh, i don't know if you're familiar with them at all but they're actually one of the fastest growing franchises in all of the us and something they really do extremely well is is get involved with community so I would love to know, you know, what are you guys doing to to get involved with the community, to give back to the community, um, events, etc.? Um, is that a part of your business plan and operations, or no? Absolutely, I think well, one of the the, the huge pillars um, to our belief in this company is philanthropy and really giving back. Um, we take part uh, with a company called Junior Achievements, um, which is young people and and helping them understand business and and passion and. And understanding, you know that that you know there's a lot of things out there that that you can do if you're passionate about it. Like for example, uh, Junior Achievements has an entire baking component to it, um, and uh, we've done a lot of things with them. Whether it's us going there and do a baking class or teach them about the company, so on and so forth. And these are young kids. These are young kids. Um, Adam, how old are they? You know, uh, starts in fifth grade. Yeah, high it's like fifth grade to high school. So it's a broad range of kids. Um, so that's one thing that we've done. Um, other other events that we've done too are, um, you know, community outreach type stuff. You know, like giving back to the community. Um, you know, what other stuff have we done? Then? Um, it's a huge. It's a very huge important part that that we really really want to. Um, you know, I guess you could say delve into. But again, being only open for about six months, there's only so much you can do really to get your yeah. process going, and then you jump into that. I'm sorry, but it, it's so huge. Sure. What was the question? So again, Adam was uh, sorry, Kyle, I'm trying, yeah, because we opened at one, so I'm just trying to, trying to. <laughs> yeah, so his question. No, yeah, let's go ahead. You can you can uh, explain, Nick. Yeah, so so 
essentially i was just asking you know what i think a big part of the success factor for for some of these extremely successful businesses and i was using jeremiah's ice as an example they're a business based here in orlando as well as many other places they're one of the fastest growing franchises in the u.s and something they do extremely well is getting involved with the community they're they're at tons of community events um walks runs etc they're they're at them giving back what are you guys doing to to get involved with the community or get back to the community um to grow your business or is that a part of your strategy at all yeah so um for for me personally um i i believe like you just said in order for a business to be successful it has to have a deeper purpose or reason for what it's doing than just the product or service that it's providing um so for me a big reason why I am doing this is with the hopes that that this story will inspire, encourage, um, educate people on on taking a similar path, right, and, and starting their own business. And that's why we got involved with Junior Achievement, which which Nick was talking about before we even signed a lease for the space. We had come to an agreement with them that they were going to be kind of our, our nonprofit partner, and the reason for that was their mission is to educate kids basically starting in the fifth grade of high school about financial literacy about career opportunities and it just seemed perfectly in line with with what my what my passions are for 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 philanthropy um so so it absolutely is something that that is is important to us it's in the forefront of our 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 minds um but then it's also there's a balance to that, right? There's you can't you can't do everything at one time. Um, we're, totally, we're, yeah. We're, we're, and I think that that's where a lot of people struggle. And I even have like I have employees who come to me with you know all these great ideas. Obviously, customers have all these great ideas, and you can get lost in that stuff. You can get lost yeah. in, in trying to do a million different events um, and work with you know every nonprofit. And you know, creating new cookies, and you know, selling cookie dough, and, and shipping cookies. It, it, it's very, in my, and again, this is my opinion. Everybody's path is different, but for us, it's important to to be to be laser focused early on. Um, keep things 100%. keep things as simple as possible, and allow yourself the time to learn about your business, and 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 allow the time to let things develop naturally. Um, and, and instead of pressing to do a million things from Jump Street. Um, so, yeah. so like, could we be doing more uh, with the community? Absolutely. You always, in my opinion, you always could probably be doing more. Um, we, could, we could be doing more events. But again, we have to balance that with we're, we're, we're six months old. We have a, a limited staff, a limited resources. We're still really refining our business. And... And the thought is that if we can get this right and build something that's going to be here for a long time, we'll have plenty of opportunities to, to, to give back to its fullest. Totally. Once, once you figure it out perfectly, you can rinse and repeat. And, and I think a big part of going with that too, you know, is, is obviously ciphering through, like, is this the right event for my brand? You know, like, does this fit in with us? Like, does this renovate, re- resonate with our own values? You know, I mean, there's obviously that whole sector of it as well um but you know as we're kind of uh go ahead being able being able to say no is is very important yeah um i can't tell you how many how many donation requests we get um collaboration requests we get how many 
um, you know, PR companies want to represent us, um, yeah, events. You have to be able to say no. You can't. You can't do everything. You can't please everyone. You can't donate everything. Um, otherwise, you're not gonna. You, you know, you won't be in a business in in a year. And then what? What good does that do anyone? Um, so yeah. yeah, I think you nailed it in terms of really being able to identify which which events to do and which you know what maybe it makes sense to do this next year. Right? There's some big events that. You know, we, totally. we would have loved to do uh, South Beach food, food and Wine, right? Because that's the, the premier event in South Florida. We just, we, but we were six months old. It, it just would have been too much of a stress on our little business to be able to produce the amount of cookies that they needed uh, for an event like that. So, you know what? We say, okay, yeah. we'll be ready next year. And there's nothing wrong with that. Totally. 100%. I definitely agree with that. Um, and with that being said, you know, looking at, um, you know, taking things kind of step by step, if you will, kind of walk or, or crawl before you can walk, walk before you can run kind of thing. How do you guys define success with running this business? You know, what does success look for look like for you? Um, are you successful now? Is it a certain point you have to reach? Is it something that you kind of live in and maintain? I just think it's always interesting to ask, you know, everyone seems to have a different opinion of success. So I'd love to know what that looks like for you guys. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll answer that first and then Nick can jump in. Uh, I mean, success is like, there's so, obviously a lot of different definitions of success. You know, are you talking about a success from a PL perspective? Well, I mean, from like personal personal perspective like what does obviously the the business is like still afloat you're bringing money in all that's occurring sure but like beyond that what is like what does success look like for you personally when it comes to to batch cookie co and just being a a, a business owner as well uh yeah I, i for for me success is um continuing to learn um continuing to have an open mind um continuing to be uh, heavily involved day to day, right? I didn't build this just to be able to walk away. Um, I think that's a mistake some business owners make too early on. Um, I think uh, success looks like the the the, the line of uh, happy faces that are coming into the door. Um, Love that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think success is. Uh, being able to open up a, a, a second location in sometime in 2020. Um, yeah, I, I think it is a lot of different, obviously remaining profitable. We were profitable in our very first month and have stayed that way since. Uh, I've started paying myself recently. That's, to me, success. Yep. Um, yeah, I think success is, is more wins than losses daily. No, obviously, and nothing is, is going totally. to go. Nothing's going to go your way, and there's going to be certain things within a business that 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 aren't good. Um, but if you can just outweigh those losses with wins, that's a successful day. Then now all of a sudden you compile successful days back to back to back to back to back, and now you see what's happening, right? Your 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 business is going in the direction that it wants to go. So totally. if, if you just if, if you think success is is you know making money, then okay, that's great. You know, make sure that you're in the profit every single day. Um, if your success is, you know, amount of cookies sold, okay, then that's something that you can put together too. You can say, all right, our goal is to sell 500 cookies a day. You know, if, if you decide that that 500 is your number, let's just say one day you have 300 cookies that you sold and that might be a loss. So it's just compiling wins in, 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 a, in a pattern, you know, back-to-back wins. And, 
and successful days in a row. That's how, to me, that that that's that's more so the thing. You know, I drive home every single day from the gym and or the cookie shop, and I, I reflect. I think about what we did that day and how cool it was, or certain things that we could do to make that next day better. You know, um, you know, I I, I have a daily yeah. mantra. I have a daily mantra that I live by. It's save for tomorrow. What can you do today that will directly affect your tomorrow? You know, it's kind of living for the future. So, um, you know, to me, that's success. I never, I, I, I never really thought that that there's an end goal. There's not really an end goal for the gym and or for the the, the cookie company. I, I mean, I I've never really figured like, okay, what do I, what, what, when do I stop? You know, when do I stop? That's never really been a thing for me. Never really a thought in my head. It's it's more so like, how can I keep this thing going? How can I keep building? How can I keep getting better? How can I keep, you know, making this product? A better product, yeah. or what can we do to make it a better experience? Um, you know, I think success is is like Adam said; it's more learning. You know, it's it's that; it's just making sure that that everything is trending upward and, and it's everything's getting better every single day. Love that. Um, you know, and and kind of as we're wrapping up here, just want to know with with that, you know, there comes a lot of things you have to manage, watch over, oversee, deal with strategize etc so obviously you know there's a lot of fear stress anxiety you know adam i know earlier we, we talked about the kind of insecurity the self-doubt of running a business how do you guys manage all that stuff you know when things aren't going your way when you have a bad day when when the sales aren't looking good um when the coronavirus hits you know how do you deal with these situations how do you personally, you know, deal with, with managing the fear, stress, and anxiety, um, that comes with running a business, you know, because part, part of it is, you know, again, like we talked about earlier is, is being able to separate the business from the personal and, and, and again, just being able to, to kind of not let those kind of interfere, um, or inflict damage on either or, etc. Yeah. Well, it's me, it's figuring it out, you know, don't never, ever, ever allow yourself to become the victim. You know, everything that ever happens to you, is because of what you're doing. Um, you know, it, I, I, there's zero, there's zero doubt in my mind that if something bad happens to us, it's because we allowed it to happen. You know, so, so if you look at that accountability, yeah, if you look at that from that point of view, that that never ever ever allow yourself to be the victim, and there's always a response, there's always a a, a, a better way to do something, or there's always a solution as opposed to a problem. Then you'll be then you'll 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 you know start moving in the right track to getting things uh, either fixed or avoiding mistakes or avoiding problems, you know. Um, you know if we if I would have had an online program training program already in place, this whole coronavirus thing would have been really null and void. I'd be pumping that, making X amount of dollars a month. But now I'm like, oh dang man, I really should have done that. Now guess what? Guess what I'm doing? Kyle, I'm building an online program. You know, there so you so again, it's not it's 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 all my fault. If I can take ownership of that and start to 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 work towards what I said I should have been doing, and I just focus on that as opposed to damn, oh my god, we're gonna be in trouble. What are we gonna do? So on and so forth. You know, that's that that then that 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 could hold me back. Yeah, and I think it's it's taking it's taking those L's and this is cliche, but taking those L's and and trying to make them learning experiences instead of like. Instead of oh you know oh shit we messed up or oh this sucks um, you know again I, we have employees here that, that don't want to come to work right so I they basically don't feel comfortable coming to work so I had kind of two options one is we could close the doors because I literally have nobody 
I'd have no prep cooks right now. Or I could teach myself how to mix. So I, I, you know, and you could play that game with yourself. Like, you know, one is you're a victim and the other one is, okay, this is going to force me to learn how to mix cookie dough, which in the long run is going to help me understand my business more. So I, we took, yeah. you know, we took a, what could be viewed as a negative situation or something that would create fear and anxiety and instead of, and change the perspective on it and created it an opportunity to learn and grow. So I think that's, for me, that's how love, I love, love. O- overcome, yeah. you know, the, I guess the fear in the, in the anxiety and also just accepting that, like, you know what, you're, there are, yeah. there are days where, you know, things suck and you know, they, you might feel down or you might feel bad or, and, and that's life, right? And life is not always happiness and, and winning and, and, and joy, right? There are those days that just are not that, and it's okay to have those days, as yeah. long as you you know as long as you try you're not you're not living in that mm-hmm. um and, and i think that that's part of of the growth is that you, we accept those days yeah i mean i think i think one of the greatest um traits instilled in me was uh from one from my high school coach was you know the only two things we really can control in our life is our attitude and our effort the the rest the rest is out of our control you know that you can only control your attitude and your effort, you know, how you respond. Cause essentially really, whether we like to admit it or not, we are creatures of circumstance. Like we can only control how we react to what happens in our life. Cause really we control very little of what happens and goes on in our life. Yeah. And, and, and the, both those things, which are like absolutely truth and gospel is those are both things that you, that you have to work on just like, you know, training in the gym. Yeah. Right? You have to you have to work on your attitude. You have to you have to work on your work ethic. You know, some people yeah. have have may, maybe have a better work ethic than others. Um, some people may na- naturally have a more positive attitude than others. But that's where that self awareness comes in, right? Like and again, you you nailed that so early on that that's such an important piece to all of this. Um, so yeah, no, your your, yeah. your coach is your coach is spot on. Right on. Um, so real quick, got a couple more questions for you guys. Um, again, before before we get to those, want to want to thank you for for making the time. You know, usually it's we try to run the podcast in an hour. We're going about thirty minutes over, but this has been a lot of really valuable, great content. So I really appreciate you guys making making the extra time and, and sticking with me here to to answer all these questions. And I know our listeners will really really appreciate the information. So once again, just want to say thank you for that. No, for sure, man. Always, man. Thank you for having us on. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, so, so first and foremost, is there anything thus far that I haven't asked you that I should have? Not really. Um, how did you hear about us? How'd you come across uh, back? So, uh, so I was actually um, introduced uh, introduced you guys from uh, Sarah Newton. With who? Sarah Newton. Oh, okay. Yeah, awesome. Good deal. Yeah, yeah. So she, uh, I, had, I had her on the podcast, and uh, you know, a thing I always like to ask my guests is, you know, who are three people um, uh, or three individuals you think that I should have on the podcast? Um, and she, uh, you know, I had her as as a guest uh, on the podcast, and she had mentioned um, you guys starting up Batch and how it was kind of this new and upcoming cookie shop. And she said she thought it'd be a a really interesting um, kind of guest spot. So uh, yeah, that's how it came to be, and I'm super glad that happened. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Really cool. Um, and so, you know, 
with uh, Batch Cookie Co., you know, obviously um, it might be somewhat limited um, because you guys only have a single location right now. But for anyone that is interested in learning more about your business, finding more information about you guys, maybe seeing if um, they can get you guys to cater their wedding or their event or if they're nearby uh, your shop. Where, where can they find you guys? Where's your physical location? Where can they get in touch with you guys on socials or online? So we're actually in Fort Lauderdale. And uh, it's, it's a new area called Flagler Village. Um, right next door to Glitch Bar and JBNC. Um, right near the Sears Center as well. It's like Sunrise and US1. Um, and if they want to get in contact with us, um, I would have them email Adam at BatchCookieCo.com. He, um, then he would probably just filter, filter the email to, to whether it's myself or Max. Um, but Adam at batchcookieco.com. That'd be the best point of contact. Right on. Awesome. Um, last and final question. So I'd love to get, uh, you know, I guess like a, a personal, um, opinion from you, Nick, as well as, uh, you, Adam, you know, what if, let's say, um, scenario here. So people listen to this podcast hour and a half long, but for whatever reason, they forget everything, but one message, you have one message that you get to leave our listeners with. What would your message be? I would say that the one message that I want everyone to take away from this is that if you're passionate about something and you have the utmost confidence that, that you will succeed, go for it. You got one life, you get one chance at this, you're only as young as you are today. Uh, jump on it right now. Uh, do not ever, do never ever let yourself look back and regret later down the road that, dang, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. Totally, man. 100% agree with that. <laughs> is, is Adam available to answer that question or are we losing to the oven right now? Awesome. <laughs> um, the one message, I mean, I could, I could go with our... Uh... I was saying that, that we have at the shop that I, I think we, uh, we, we try our best to live our life uh, in this motto, but uh, it, it says, life is hard, be nice to people, and eat a cookie. Um, it, it's very simple and a little <laughs> playful, but I think it's very profound. Um, just, you know, pe people go through a lot, you know, and you, there's a lot of things that you don't know someone is even going through, and it doesn't, doesn't hurt to cost you anything just to be nice to someone. Um, and we have that opportunity every day with every, you know, with all of our guests that come in. So, uh, you know, I, it's not so much about business, more of just a life, a life philosophy. Uh, but that would kind of be the message that I hope people would, would take away. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that, that resonates so much with me and with the podcast here because, you know, we are podcast more life and really the, the goal behind this podcast is to inspire others to do what inspires them so together you know we can make the world a happier place to be so yeah i, I love that man um again thank you guys so much for the time thank you all for listening this has been podcast more life and we'll see y'all next week